This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. You might remember Cliche from episode 22 when we talked about his project Suda. But even before that conversation, Cliche and I sat down to talk about the many kinds of music he makes with a variety of local artists, including Earthworm, Cherry Thomas, and his latest releases, Shiver Brains. Do you do vocals too? <laughs> no, dude. No? No, I, no, not at all. Like you're at least miming the lyrics. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know every single word to every one of James's songs. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did music start for you? How long have you been? Oh, man. All right. Been making music for, I want to say since 2008. And like, how did it start? What, what um, drove it? Beat pad. All right. We, we can rewind back a little bit further. So, all right. Um, like when I when I was growing up, the main type of music that I would listen to would be like whatever my mom was listening to at the time. So it was like Rolling Stones or like ACDC. Um, very far different from what I make now. But um, I didn't realize music existed outside of my mom's like library. Uh-huh. So um, when I actually started discovering music, I did it from like like snowboard videos or like skate vi- skate videos. Um, and that's like when I first discovered like you know kind of like underground hip hop. Okay. Um, stuff like that, like Jurassic Five and like De La Soul used to be in a lot of like skate and like subboard videos back in the day. Like we grew up on military bases and like my neighbor, he it was what, nineteen ninety nine. He was like, Dude, have you heard this new uh Lincoln Park band? And I was just like, No. And so I remember hearing that and hearing the scratching and like I didn't know what scratching was. Like I I couldn't like articulate how to ask like my friend or my brother who was like a big time music guy at the time. Um like like what it was and then i figured out what it was and i was like i need to find everything that has scratching in it oh and i was like i thought it was like the coolest thing so like uh, my brother would listen to like beastie boys a lot and and like that's kind of scratching yeah yeah, lots of scratching in beastie boys um and uh then i started diving down the rabbit hole like i found like the executioners um like a dj group Uh um found like uh you know rock radio rob swift like all these like old school like scratch DJs, okay. um, DJ Shadow, DJ Z Trip, and like that was kind of like the beginning of like the hip hop, like interest. Uh-huh. Um, then uh, in high school, uh, I was I was very drawn towards this particular like brand of DJ equipment called Native Instruments, and uh, that's where like a lot of my favorite DJs or like that's the gear that a lot of my favorite DJs would use. Oh. And then they announced like this beat pad, which is like it was like an MPC. It's um, that guy on my desk right there oh yeah um so the original version of that uh came out in like 2009 i think or 2008 and uh, i was like i need to buy that save it a bunch of money bought it and that's like when i started making beats i didn't know shit about making music though well but then that that's like those are all triggers for a sound through software on the machine right and mm-hmm. then it's all the square buttons like in a panel right yep and then those are good because i don't know they can sense pressure and yeah stuff like, like that. velocity yeah 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 stuff like that um yeah my uh what i really wanted to get it for was like learning how to like finger drum like doing like actual drumming but with your fingers on the uh-huh. b-pad uh needless to say i never got good at that i'm not good at it <laughs> um but uh it, it's like the most creative tool to make music like this the machine uh, b-pad it's um but i didn't know what i was doing i was like it was around the time when like dubstep was super big too and i was like i want to make dubstep okay. i was like whatever is popular i'm like i want to make that because it's so cool and i was so interested in like all this new shit that was coming out um but so then is it like you're 
your goal is to make a song that some other musician wants to use, or are you just trying to DJ, like, make songs to take to clubs? Like, Oh, yeah. At that time, you know, I was, you know, whatever, 15 years old. So, uh-huh. like, at that time, I was just like, I just want to make, like, weird stuff. I see. And yeah, you're just making stuff to make it. Yeah, making stuff for the sake of making it. And then, then I remembered, I was like, oh, hip-hop beats are way fun to listen to. I'm going to try to make hip-hop beats. Uh-huh. So, like, recruited, like, a friend of mine in high school. I was like, hey, we should, like, make hip-hop beats together. And he's like, dude, I'm so down. And uh, so, yeah, we started making hip-hop beats together. And he was the one that introduced me to uh, James McAvoy, aka Earthworm. Um, so yeah, Taylor introduced me to Earthworm, and um, Earthworm just needed somebody to record him. So I was like, okay, well, we had like this shitty dollar or shitty twenty dollar USB mic. Um, we had, you know, I had uh, Ableton software, uh-huh. like Ableton seven or eight at the time, and um, he introduced me to Earthworm. And Earthworm's like, hey man, I got these songs I want to record, like. You know, do you mind, like, recording me? Um, he was working with another producer at the time, but I don't know, like, the dude bailed or something. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, so we originally just started, like, recording stuff to, like, uh, like old Jay Dilla beats, um, just raps that he had written to just, like, other people's beats at the time. And then uh, uh, in those, like, bedroom sessions is when we decided to, like, you know, we should try to make a song together and see what would happen. And uh, it was, like, it was just a perfect timing two trains crossing in the night yeah perfect storm like whatever the you know uh-huh. analogy is but um he wanted to make like really fucking weird emo shit and i wanted to do the same thing uh-huh. um because the beats i was making back in the day were just super like i just want to make the weirdest thing possible yeah yeah so like was i was watching just today i was watching uh flowers was that pretty early on yeah so flowers was the second album okay yeah so there there is a first album that doesn't exist anywhere on streaming (laughs) um the first album was uh it was 15 songs so (laughs) it was like an hour and a half long it was an hour and a half long 15 songs most obnoxious like body of work we could possibly make we made yeah and it was like every song like connected together and there was like a theme and it had three separate acts in it and it was like yeah yeah we just got like we got way too like i don't know like meta with it it's like like, you had to get it out of your system (laughs) yeah exactly like that was like something i always wanted to make like a crazy long concept album that was like um, just so insanely intricate and detailed, like production wise and like theme wise. And then like we realized pretty quickly after we did our first release show, like so we did a re- like a release show for that album. Uh, it was called Welcome Home. And uh, like we realized and like, I mean, our fans are the shit like they'll they'll rock out to anything that we make. Um, but like the music in its entirety for that album is pretty depressing for the most part. We just realized like, if we're, okay, we're going to be playing bars like more frequently, like we should probably make something a little bit happier. I so, see, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's like, that's where flowers came from. Uh-huh. Um, flowers is, you know, a much happier production wise, vocal wise. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there's a couple of kind of like sad songs on it, but, um, for the most part, it's very, uh, major instead of minor. Yeah. How much of your music is sampling versus, you know, creating the stuff? What's the balance there? Yeah, so I think a lot of it is just, like, whatever I'm feeling at the time. Like, I'll be frank. I didn't know how to sample worth a shit, like, uh-huh. back in the day. Like, I didn't know how to, like, hear a sample and, like, flip it and cut yeah. it and, like, make it, like, cool. Uh-huh. So, like, a lot of it was just, like, synths and, like, piano 
using like plug-in presets for like you know different like weird synthy sounds or whatever yeah um have you and, played piano or anything uh no you i'm not figured it out on the software yeah i'm not like musically trained by any means like i know the you know c through whatever f d i don't fuck <laughs> c through b c through d yeah, yeah. um so I, I know all the keys on a keyboard and i know like chords for the most part um, but yeah, a lot of it was just like, okay, what three chords sound cool together? Yeah. I'm Googling this. like, <laughs> And you learned all that by using yeah. the digital. like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Strictly digital. I mean, all the drums are obviously very MIDI. It definitely just depends how, like what I'm feeling at the time. Like, yeah, the first couple albums, not very sample heavy. Um, Flowers, though, actually was. So Flowers, a lot of those samples, a lot of that was sampled mm. from like just jazz records, blues records, like cool piano riffs. It's very piano heavy. If you hear it, very piano and like kind of like horn heavy. And uh, I think I think that was me like trying to prove to myself that I can make cool beats that are sampled. So like, are you the kind of guy? I don't know. You don't listen to podcasts because you're walking around like making up hooks and whatever. Back in the day, yeah, yeah. I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even now, I shouldn't say back in the day. I still do this. Like, I I music hunt twenty four seven. I'm a DJ too. Yeah. Like outside of being like producing music, mm-hmm. um. So like I'm continuously hunting for new tunes and things that inspire me. Well, yeah, because you do make a few different kinds of music. What's the uh, that other project you guys? It called Suta. Suta. Yeah. 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 So Suta is a like um, EDM project. So it's very like um, house, progressive house, uh, melodic techno. Mm. Um, and just like as far as like, was it, you know, you were making hip hop beats for a while and then you just sort of started every once. In, well, I guess you're DJing and yeah. then you, you kind of end up with these kind of things that. Yeah. So whenever I would finish like a big Earthworm project, so album done, merch made, release show finished, like, you know, singles put out, like whatever. Everything's on streaming. Like we're done. Time to breathe time to like maybe take a break for like a month before we start the next one uh-huh. um in that break would be me like i want to make some edm like I, just for fun like yeah. it was never like i'm never gonna release it it's just like more so like all right i just spent all this time making this one specific genre like a year plus making hip-hop strictly uh-huh. i want to make something just completely like left field and um and edm was always like the genre quote unquote that i would like go back to um like house in particular uh-huh. Would you say that that stuff has contributed to your beats? Like, there's been a definite evolution of your hip-hop beats. Yeah. You're just getting into newer other instruments and, like, a lot of these kind of bass lines and stuff. So Yeah, so, um, like, like I mentioned before, my production has always been, like, I want to be able to listen to these instrumentals without vocals and enjoy them as just songs. Uh-huh. And, like, that's the way I've always approached production, and um, which was, like, which has always been, like, good and bad good because it's just like okay this overall body of work can be like the beats are just like top shelf like the vocals are top shelf and you can listen to those two things separately and they're and they're great um on their own but together obviously they're amazing so i'd always spend so much time like making the most intricate beats possible like just crazy like layers of different synths and pianos and keys and like samples and like um enc returns though it is so stripped down yeah like for the most part it's a drum loop sample and like a bass loop sample and like that's it and then like the scratching <laughs> this was more so like about earthworm flexing oh and like um the the inspiration came from like for the production was came from like idea and abilities it's like old like rhyme sayers type stuff it was uh. very much like um uh, uh dj and mc 
you know it's kind of like lost in hip-hop nowadays yeah where it's like you know back and forth scratching rapping scratching rapping boom bat beats like you know heavy bass lines not a lot of like lead work not a lot of like you know overly complex like you know samples or anything like that it's just like fast break beat yeah fast scratching fast rapping yeah the other part was like like me scratching on it like i like they're they're scratching on flowers they're scratching on enc1 um enc2 is like most of the songs have scratching on them Mm -hmm. and for the most part they're long scratch like phrases you know, yeah. during the chorus, after the chorus, et cetera. So huh. um, it was it, it was about Earthworm showing off, but it was also about me, like, trying to show off, like, yeah. scratching. I don't think I'm that great at it. Like, I think I'm pretty good, but, like, um, I just wanted to make beats that you can just fucking bob your head to yeah. and just, like, enjoy without, you know, leads, like, controlling how you're feeling. Yeah. Like, let's just let the drums and the bass control how you're feeling. And so... I don't know. Does one of you drive the shit more and like kind of decide we need to start doing more shows, doing more albums, or is it real? Is it a pretty big 50 50 collaboration? It's, it's, it's pretty 50 50. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I giggle because like it, it, it varies every now and then. It'll be like, you know, I'll be uninspired in some way, and James will just send me a thousand text messages and a thousand calls. Like, it's like, oh, dude, I want to make something like this. I want to make something like this. Or like, you know, like I got a good sample idea. I got a good song idea. And then like it'll switch. And it'll be like, he'll be uninspired, but it'll be me like, hey, I just sent you like 15 beats. Like, let me know yeah. which one you like. Um, like, here's a bunch of samples. Do you like any of these? Like, um, so it, it's very 50-50. When we get into album mode, though, it is um, it is very much a collaborative experience. Like, it's him coming over. We dig through samples. We fuck with drums. You know, a lot of times it'll just stem from like a bass line yeah. where it's like, oh, that's a really cool, funky bass line. Like, let's build on that. I don't I've known about you guys for a long time. Like I think you've got a pretty big reputation around here, but it's like did that feel like it took off pretty immediately or did it feel like a grind? It was a grind. Earthworm and I's relationship not a grind. It was very smooth like um uh, we clicked very quickly. Uh-huh. Um we wanted to make the exact same thing. Yeah. Us like beginning to play shows and stuff was very difficult because back in the day Ogden bars did not allow hip hop at all like there was uh, like we would play like mojos before i was 21 and uh my first bar show was brewskis so i mean we would hit up every like every bar it's like we and we'd be like hey we're a hip-hop act can we like play a show and they were very strictly like no hip-hop there was one hip-hop group that was playing but they were more jam bandy called grits green Oh yeah, um, I, I don't know. Them. Do you remember Chris Green? Yeah, Noter was my buddy. Yeah, those were the homies. We fucking loved those okay. guys. So they would play shows. Obviously, they're very hip hop you know, uh-huh. Roger X and everybody that's in it. And it's like uh, they would bring us on with them. And so when the bars would tell us no, we would then open up for Grits Green and like you know play a hip hop song or whatever. And that's cool. I think it slowly started shifting towards like, okay, so. We can do a hip hop show and there won't be fights. There won't be like, you know, crazy stuff happening, like whatever. So, but it was a struggle for a couple of years for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think Worm would admit this out loud, but I think he directly influenced hip hop being more acceptable in like the Ogden like music scene. I would absolutely say that. But that, but like, were you guys deliberately focusing on Ogden? Like, I think a lot of musicians feel the draw to Salt Lake and all that. Did you feel like you wanted to make Ogden something that supported you? Was it just, like, was there any intention to that? I mean, there was never anything, like, deliberate in that sense, where we were like, all right, we need to, like, take over Ogden before we move to Salt Lake. It was more so, like, like where like where the opportunities line. Uh-huh. 
And like, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of like Ogden Royal or like loyalty. Yeah, yeah. You know, where like, um, you know, we made good friends with a lot of people that promote at bars and um, or like the venues here. And we wanted to just uh, it was easier to book shows, I should say. Yeah. Um, if it had been that easy to book shows in Salt Lake. Yeah, we probably would have played in Salt Lake a little bit more frequently. Huh. Um, but after we ended up linking with a couple of rappers in Salt Lake and um, became really tight with them. And uh, we started playing Salt Lake shows like more frequently mm. uh, within the past like four or five years. Mm. Yeah. So, are you guys doing shows right now? Uh, no, not right now. ENC Returns came out what like a year ago? Yeah, uh, February twenty fifth of last year. Okay. Yep. And so I'm guessing you guys were doing a bunch of shows back then. Yeah, we did a couple of shows leading up to the ENC Returns album release, um, and then we decided to do two shows for the album release. We did one in Ogden at the um, Federation of Eagles on Wall Street. Oh, nice. Wall Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, then we did a second show in Salt Lake. Okay. And that was the first time we had decided to do like an an actual like official quote unquote album release in Salt Lake. Uh-huh. Um, but it was with our friends Zach Ivy and Dumb Luck, uh. um, who was part of like the Get It Right crew that Earthworm is part of. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, and I would guess you can get a bigger crowd in down there, which you guys probably could use sometimes. Yeah, uh, we get a much bigger crowd in Ogden. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because all the homies are broke. Nobody wants to drive to fuck us all lake. So so you make, like, you use Ableton, you use your pads here. Is that where you do most of your producing? Yes. So Ableton main program that I use, um, it's my DAW. That's what I make everything in. Uh-huh. Um, I use plugins and instruments from Native Instruments. Um, they're just they're the best, like, instruments, like, digital instruments. Mm. So, yeah, Native Instruments for plugins. Um for like instruments and stuff and then um and like samples do you go through ableton or do you just find those everywhere i find those everywhere yeah yeah sample stuff uh will come from like i, I don't use splice but i use like a website that's like splice mm-hmm. called sounds.com it's owned by native instruments mm. um so it, it's the same concept you can just search like you know i want like uh you know a horn sample in the key of c minor and 128 beats per minute oh or whatever so you can get very specific with how you search it's a good, that's a good chunk of how i find samples and that's how i find like drum samples a lot of times too um but like i'll also like sample from records yeah you know like i'll like i'll go to lavender vinyl on 25th street shout out and like go grab like a couple records that i just frankly think look cool uh-huh. like i won't listen to them first i'm like that's a cool cover those are cool looking people i'm gonna buy them and see if I can find any like cool sample material. Nice. Yeah. But that, I thought this was digital. But can you stick them on here? So not these. So these are controllers. Oh yeah, yeah. So these are like my actual like t- needles. Analog, or I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Analog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With like actual like digital control vinyl, like through Serato. Um, these are also the turntables that I use for sampling. You ever yeah. get into like the online live like Twitch music stuff? Uh, no, I never did. Um. Uh, I should have, like during COVID. I, mean, I think that would have been, for it and- yeah, for sure. I mean, it, oh my gosh, there was just so much. I looked into it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, like directly streaming audio from DJ software, like um, it it required like more stuff that I wanted to buy yeah, that I like didn't want to buy. Stuff, get a tripod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd I'd had to get a nice camera yeah. if I wanted to do it like professionally. I would have to get like a green screen behind me and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I did do during the pandemic though, which was way fun, this um music producer in Salt Lake goes by Alex Unger. 
um, he um, set up this like beat battle type situation. Um, so we would do it over like Discord. That's cool. And um, so it was just like a bunch of producers from Salt Lake. I think at some at any given point we had like between like eight and fifteen producers. Um, so somebody would pick a sample during the week and then we would have, you know, two hours to make a beat out of it. And then we would hop back into discord and then listen to them and like, just chat about them. It was yeah. never like a win something. There was never a winner. It was more so just people talking nerdy producer shit. That's cool. Um, but that was like, that was so much fun. That was, that was a good use of, um, streaming for well, sure. So now was there this little network of area producers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, pretty much. It's going to lead somewhere still. uh we haven't done anything <laughs> since the world ba- opened back up um i mean all those all those kids are still out there making music though they're all incredible producers so yeah you know shout out the original beat battle discord crew <laughs> do you have other music projects you do yeah so um suda is a big focus right now earthworm is working on an album right now that isn't produced by me oh, um yeah. so yes he does do that likewise i work with other um, artists as well uh-huh. i mean some of the producers that james has worked with is they're i'm very jealous of their beat making capabilities because they just they think so much differently than i do mm. like i think very like technically and i think very like like frequencies and fucking eqs and like how to make stuff sound pristine like it's so hard for me to purposely make stuff sound shitty oh. like to make it sound like lo-fi make it sound sampled yeah. make it you know what i mean uh-huh. so um like shout out like the producers that he's worked with that um are just incredible like lo-fi producers like like melvin junko is one of them he's such a good producer the new dude that he's working with nate kiz phenomenal producer but uh, it's it's just it's a different vibe it's not it's not a vibe that i like making or that i'm necessarily good at making mm. so like that's why he works with like other producers where it's like okay their bag is a little bit maybe like more like lo-fi or like breakbeat yeah, or yeah. i'm sorry or boom bap like my vibe is a little bit more like more so produced or like overly produced i should say i was um, looking for more jargon i was yeah. like i was excited for boom bap and backbeat yeah yeah, yeah breakbeat yeah breakbeat yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's working on that album right now. Um, I'm mixing and mastering it for him. Oh, so, like, okay. we still work together on it. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to mix and master it for him. And then um, the Suda EP is done. It's just we sent it out to get mastered. Oh. Um, oh, so you do send that out. I was wondering if you did that. Yeah, so I'll mix and master all of Earthworm's music uh-huh. um, because it, mostly it's it's my music for the most part as well. Mm. Um, but, like, even the stuff that isn't me production-wise, like, I still mix and master. I'm very... Um, possessive i'm very possessive over james's sound okay like um there there has been instances where he's worked with like other engineers and his vocals just did not sound uh that great or they didn't sound like how i like to mix them and how we've just come to like we we have a like baseline like effect chain that we use on all of his vocals so all of his vocals will sound the same for the most part Mm. um but there's a lot more but, like vocal processing in the Suda type music. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, that that type of music is extremely more in depth and intricate. Like, um, you know, a regular hip hop project now with Earthworm is like, you know, something like fifteen to twenty tracks, where it's like you have like kick, snare, hi hat, open hat, synth, bass, piano, and then vocals or mm-hmm. whatever. But you know, the Suda music is very like. You know, you have five to ten synths. You have like twenty-five different tracks for your drums. You have like twenty different tracks for just your bass lines, mm-hmm. where it's like it's so much more intricate and in depth. Um, so that type of music, 
we send out to get mastered by this guy uh, Nate Pfeiffer, who uh, is most he most notably engineers for like Cascade and Dead Mouse. Um, oh really? Yeah, he's based in Provo. Well, um, and, like when you send it to somebody like that, like how much instruction can you give them, or like, like do you have to just kind of trust their? Yeah, a guy like Nate, who uh, he's he's like Grammy nominated, so like <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just... like he's kind of a big fucking deal. Um, <laughs> so you so, just trust that guy. Yeah, a guy like that, I'm just like I trust your judgment 100. percent Gotcha. But um, for like a mix and master, uh, like I mean, so the last song that we dropped is called "That Saturday" by Suda. Um, the last one we dropped when we got that mix by Nate, uh, there was a little bit of back and forth. Like he sent like he sent maybe like two or three like mixes. And then I would just respond and be like, oh, can you like turn, you know, this instrument back up or this track back up? Or like I liked when the snare was a little bit more in this speaker or something like that. Uh Um, So like I would send like creative input to him and then he would just like come back with like more technical like engineering input. Yeah. Yeah, So there's a little bit of back and forth. Um, But with Earthworms music, I'm very much more like like I want to do it. Yeah. Like if somebody else does it, like I don't, I don't trust them. There's very few producers in Utah I trust that to make Earthworm sound good. Gotcha. Shout out Heather Gray. <laughs> well, and I did hear. I think I heard a song. I don't know. There were female vocals on it. I can't remember the name of the song though. Uh, so likely it was a song with Cherry Thomas, uh-huh. who Cherry Thomas is just a literal angel on earth. She's probably I don't know, not probably. She's the best female vocalist, maybe the best vocalist in general in Utah. And so she's just somebody you hit up and say we we need a we yeah want she on this track yeah she was like a friend of a friend and then she was also a friend of another friend and it was just like um like I had one friend tell me like oh you should link with this girl and then like then somebody else mentioned her again like six months later and I was just like oh like I, I should probably hit this girl up um yeah she's incredible she uh she does a lot of like solo gigs in Salt Lake she'll play it like a Lake Effect and stuff where it's just like her and like a semi hollow body guitar oh. and like her little amp. And she's just like, she's has the best voice okay. and um, yeah, she's a phenomenal singer. The songs that she's, so she's on ENC one, she's on two songs on ENC one, uh-huh. um, like back to back. So better friend and porcelain rabbit. Um, and uh, then I've worked with her on a, like a cliche song, like a separate cliche song mm. um, for like the album I put out in 2020. Known as being bubbly, but I'm actually fucking lonely. I'm so anxious all the time, and I just miss my fucking homies. Feeling so damn different, and I'm tired of all the thinking. Not the same girl I used to be. Not the same girl. Not the same girl. Not the same woman. Not the same girl. Not the same girl. Not the same woman. Try to find divine. Say I'm feeling fine. Yeah, she's she's amazing, dude. I, I love feel her. like I must have heard that album. That was EDM. My the album. The cliche album was more hip hop. Uh, it was a lot of like instrumental tracks, and then like it featured like five different artists, and Cherry oh. was one of them. Oh, nice. I don't yeah. think I heard that one. I'm gonna go find that. A lot of people didn't, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was more so like. Dude, that was, like, mid-COVID depression, like, mid, like, get me the fuck out of my house. Like, I have nothing to do with my life right now except, like, make, like, weird, depressing music, and that's uh-huh. what I was doing. Um, and, yeah. like, do you, I mean, you probably wouldn't say if you hated it, but, like, somewhere deep inside of you, does it irk you when people don't give cliche credit for at least some of what's going on with Earthworm, you know what I mean? Not at all. People, yeah. people, most of the time... It's very much a joint thing for uh-huh. sure. Yeah, and I, but I, mean, but I don't. Yeah, but will, I don't give a shit. 
yeah. honestly. Yeah, like I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of just the problem with being the producer. It's like you don't. Yeah, get for a lot sure. Of credit until. But I mean, I knew what I signed up for. Yeah, like yeah, when right. I started when I started making music or producing for rappers, like I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, n- yeah, not at all. If somebody's just like, yo, what's up, Earthworm? I fuck with you. I don't expect them to immediately be like, oh, also, Cleesh, I'm going to give you your <laughs> accolades as well. It's just like, I'm like, no, you don't have to. Like, if you fuck with Earthworm, you fuck with Earthworm. Right. And yeah, by yeah. association, you're not saying it, but you fuck with me too. Yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. like the, the drummer in a band. People might not know his name, yeah. the lead singer, but. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, cool. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, dude. This is fun. Yeah. The song we played in this episode was In My Car featuring Cherry Thomas from Cleesh's album Small Talk, and it's one of my favorites. Thanks again to Cleesh for the interview and for inviting me into your studio to check out your gear. Thanks to all of you for listening. Please make sure you're following us and leave us a five-star review on your podcast app. And, uh, you know, tell your friends about the show. And have a great week.